introduce Marvin through a story from college, man. I don't know if you remember this, bro. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't remember this, bro. It either go real good or real bad. You know why it is. So I remember being in basketball tournaments at uh, Mizzou, man. You know, I, was, I, I came into Mizzou as a transfer student for Webster University and was like, I think I came in the, the fall or winter of, of 98, right? So I'm coming in there. I didn't play ball. I'm in some of the best shape of my life. I ain't trying to get on the team, uh, but I'm trying to run through the wreck on a regular basis just so, these, so everybody know exactly who I am as I just got on campus, right? So I'm trying to make my name known. And I think we were in a, a basketball tur- tournament. You remember Isaac Butler, right? Yeah, I remember like, yeah. Little Isaac, right? I, I know where this Isaac, is. Oh, my God, so. <laughs> Isaac was my running mate, man. Isaac was my, my, my pie, right? So I remember um, being introduced to Marv. I think I was acting a fool in one of the games. It was in all the black people was there because I think it was us. Our team was playing um, uh, either the Alphas or some Greeks, right? And I'm talking crazy, trash, you know, showing out and all this stuff. Which is what and we, young brothers, which is what we did in the wreck. We talked a lot of trash in the wreck. All day long, right? Uh, almost too much trash because most cats, it almost ends up in fisticuffs a lot of the time. So I'm walking up, I'm walking up in front of uh, the rec center, and me and Mar, me and me and me and uh, Isaac run up in, into you and a couple of the, uh, yo guys, right? And I think we started talking trash. I'm like, in my, I'm gonna tell you what my thoughts telling in my head. In my head, I'm thinking. I just got to Mizzou. Uh, I, I, this would be really bad for you to take a butt whooping in <laughs> <laughs> your first first semester of, of, of Mizzou, right? This ain't gonna look good for your reputation, right? And I'm sitting there talking trash, and Isaac, Isaac, a firecracker. So if I was in trouble, he was gonna probably be there. And I was good because at first I don't think you was there yet. I don't think you was there yet. And I was like, oh, we can, we can handle these guys. Shit, we're going to talk our trash. And then your big ass walked up. And I'm like, I don't know how this going to go down, but I think we need to talk this down right now. I mean, we need to simmer this down. But it's nothing occurred. But that was like, this is how I got introduced to Marvin Banks. I'm sitting up here about to go fisticuffs with these cats. And I, and I say that story, I say that story for a reason. A lot of the times in our college, especially in Mizzou, and I'm sure this is probably ubiquitous across all the um, PWIs, right? We get into a situation where we start butting heads against each other, climbing for the top of the, the, the pile, right? We get into that situation. And what we miss out on is we might be having these kind of interactions that ain't negative with brothers who probably a whole lot more like us than they are different. So to see you where you are in terms of how you uh, love on your family, to see how you, you love on your wife, trust me, brother, first and foremost, I, I give you so much applause by the way you, you love on your wife because I, I look at it, I emulate it. I'm like, this is how you should be talking about your lady all the time. I don't think there's a moment that I don't think you, you, you don't have her on her, your mind in a positive way, or at least we don't see them moments as we should, right? Yeah. But yeah, yeah, you see the <laughs> You see the right because I, I tell people, I tell people, um, you know, for folks who say like, "Oh, we've never had an argument," and it's always great. I say either one of y'all is, is a massive liar, or one of you person is extremely unhappy. 
So to say exactly. that there's not ups and downs where there's days where I'm getting on her nerves or vice versa. You know, of course, social media, you put your best foot forward, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we like to have a lot of fun. And, um, you know, we got a business together. I'm sure we'll talk about that. And, you know, I, I to me, it's important that I lead by example. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm a pleasure fraternity. I'm brother of Alpha Phi Fraternity Incorporated. And my pledge father, he gave me a lesson back in the Mizzou. And I, I was I was goofing off, man. Like, you mm-hmm. know, like, like a all. Get up in the morning, might go to class, might go to class. I definitely would make it to the comments where everybody was hanging out so I could yep. chill and talk and talk trash. Then if I had a class after that, I may go to that. May or may not. Please don't do what I did, uh, kids. Please don't do what I did. <laughs> and then, then we go back to the dorm, chill out, maybe take a nap because we, we didn't spend all this energy. Yeah. And then we would uh, get up, play back in the day, it was Sega Genesis and then it was PlayStation 1. Everybody talking about PS5 now. We had the PS4. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The PlayStation. The one. The one. The play, it was just PlayStation. One no numbers at it. And uh, then we go to the dining hall for dinner. Then we go to the wreck. And yep. what's the one thing I ain't said all, all day? We ain't studied the first. Then we try to get on a chick. And then after that, we would try to study. But then, you know, so then when my grades were just average, you know, he was like, hey, man. You know, all these women that y'all chasing, man, they getting their books, man. They getting they oh, they're what they're supposed to do. And they managing their time so that when it's time to hang with y'all, they can do that because they, they yeah. take care of their business. They are doing what they're doing what they're supposed to do, why they are here. Y'all are not. Y'all are just kicking it. And he said, you need to lead by example. So I always took that with me. And shout out to Frank Mosley, my pledge father. I always try to lead by example. So when it comes to uh, my wife, I always want to lead by example. We talk about this podcast is black as fuck. I want all black women, black. I want all young black men to know it's dope to have a black woman on your arm. Black Absolutely. Women, black women, they, they make you look better. They help you make money. They help you when you're down. I mean, it is dope to have a black woman on your arm. And we don't give our people in general don't give our sisters enough credit. And I want to be able to set the example for that. Um, well, you're doing, a, you're doing a wonderful job of it, brother. Like I said, I, I, I look to you as a leader in, ter- in that department. Um, always have from, from, from and, and watching. I know I, I only see things in social media, but I also understand um, how significant it is. to. One of the things I think about when, when I see you and your wife's relationship is you made a point. You make a point of boosting her up to her best self. And I'm sure that's a mutual thing, right? I'm sure that's something that she requires and gives to you as well. well but it's different. Do it it's, different. Of, it's different yeah. because that's that's how I love. You know, that's yeah. how I, I, I do that with, you know, with my wife and my children. The one thing they know, their biggest fan is Marvin Austin Banks Jr. I'm a, whatever yep. you're doing with my son playing sports, I'm in the crowd, the loudest, ignorant, most ignorant parent. When my daughter's <laughs> little boring ass band recitals and, and little stuff like that, I was I'm in the crowd, like, yeah, yeah, you can do it. I'm gonna always be your biggest fan. And that's and that's that's just in me. And that's for me with everybody, especially my family, but me black. That's why I'm rooting for you. And it was crazy you talked about how we got in those little skirmishes at mm-hmm. in college or whatever. And some of them got kind of serious. I mean, I remember with yeah. us, us in the capitals, we got into a, a major brawl. Yeah. Um yeah. But the, th- the crazy thing about it is we're all grown men now and we collaborate 
We yep. encourage each other. We help each other because we realize, like, man, we all we got. I tell people that all the time. We are all we got. So, and that's and that's the point of the story. It's not to say tell y'all how bad Marvin Banks was back in college. Y'all can go get those stories from other people. <laughs> you get the other stories, but I really feel like looking back at my college years, um, there should have been more of an effort for me to really know the brothers who were there, right? Because now we're, we get, we twenty years later, and we're all we're all starting to build deeper relationships. When truth be told, those are the things that we should have been doing back then so that we can navigate, so we can plot and strategize in um, that time where, where the decisions don't make so much, uh, uh, they didn't matter as much. Like they all matter. But right now, you know how it is. When you got a family in the balance, everything really matters. And so I, I, I'm just saying I missed out on that time, but I'm glad we have it in now. But I got to say, though, man, the, the Mizzou family, they have really looked out for me you know what i mean yeah. with my business uh with my podcast with everything the, the support that i get from my from my mizzou family i mean i can't sleep on that i mean i see the camaraderie that that takes place at hbcus you know and this yeah. must because I, I did my master's work at hbc shout out to prayer but we had a bond no matter what even though you know we had our little frat rivalries or yeah you know, the city of st louis rivalries when it came down to it, and it came to, okay, what's the real enemy here? And it's the mm-hmm. system that they don't really want us here, but they want us here for the numbers. But they don't really yep. want us to succeed. And the fact that when something confronted us, some adversity, we banded together. Everybody banded together, you're right. We looked, we looked out for one another. So, um, you know, I, I, I just, I'm so thankful, man, and I appreciate, you know, being on the show, man, to be able to talk about, you know, what I got going on, man, for real. So let's let's get into that, man. Fatherhood. Fatherhood is near and dear to my my heart. I've been I got a father too, um, the Duke and the Duchess, yep. uh, in all their in their in all their infamous infamous nature and, and, and social media followings, man. And I'm loving fatherhood. The the, the thing is, uh, I think I've always wanted to be a father. Me and my father had an exceptional relationship. We that he truly was my best friend, and I don't say that in a in a superficial kind of. Um, way like he truly was my best friend he was the person that I told my deepest um, lowest things to the my, the thing that I, when I had something exciting going on he would be the first one that I talked to uh, hadn't lo- I lost him early and truth be told I'm 42 now I'll be 43 in March there are so many things that I'm uncovering now about having lost him at the time that I need. Because most people think, oh, you're a daddy. I need a daddy at 10. Yeah, I need a daddy at 15. I need a daddy at 20. What people don't really give it a lot of emphasis to is at 42, I need a daddy too. Yeah. Like, because I've never been taught how to be a, 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 a black man with two children in this world. So I need a father right now. And luckily, I have some surrogates. I got my uncles. I got some really good um, mentors who fill that gap collectively. But this myth, this idea that the black man is not in the home is exactly that. So tell me a little bit about Mythbusters, how you got there, um, what you plan on doing with it, and what can we can expect from the book. So let me, let me ask you this. How, how, how were you when, you when you lost your father? Um, I lost my father in 2006, which is 14 years ago now. so about 29, right? I just hit 30, or right around 30. Okay. So... I lost my pops in 2000. I was mm-hmm. 23 years old, mm-hmm. young man. And 
you know, I look at people who still have their father, you know, in the flesh um, and just and around. And I was telling you, make sure you appreciate that because yes, that, that what my dad gave to me is what I tried to give to my wife and my children. Mm-hmm. And what that was, was that unconditional love. It's that, that feeling that, you know, no matter what, if I'm down and out, if I'm stranded somewhere, if I need to make one phone call, I'm going yeah. to call my daddy. And guess right. What? And guess what? He's going to be like, where you at? I'm coming. I'm on my way, yeah. I'm on my way. No questions. You know, whether you right or wrong, good, bad, indifferent, I'm on my way because you are mine and I'm going to be mm-hmm. And that love and that admiration that you get from your father, there's nothing like it. So I tried to make sure as a black young black man, but I didn't have my dad when I started my family, I knew how he raised me. So I knew the type of love that I wanted to give my children. So, and I looked at that and I said, okay, what made me a father? I didn't have my dad, but I had other men. You talk about those surrogates. I had Absolutely. brothers. I had other black men that I met throughout my life. I had some people that I met that they didn't even know me, but I watched them in a situation and what they said, how they handled that situation, it, it stuck to me. And some mm-hmm. of those lessons I put into this book, um, there was guys who were younger than me, who were younger dads than me. And their approach to fatherhood, um, they took it in a systematic way. They were real introspective about the position and the duty that, that mm-hmm. of being a father. And I was like, man, I need, to, I need to step my game up. So I always was against the whole narrative of black men not being in the house. Um, because I think there's a difference between a woman being a single mother versus a woman being an unwed mother. Yes, absolutely. So absolutely. I'm not trying to diminish a woman who is not married to a man. The man doesn't live in the house because if you got that child 100% of the time, it's much different than being Bro. a parent who's not there. It's much different. Bro, I know single moms, and I be like, I ain't no single dad. I, I, Me and Kim are not together, but... Yeah. We are not in any way single in any way. This is a joint effort all the time. And, and that's and that's a wonderful thing, you know, because I saw it. I'm going to mention his name because a lot of people we know, they probably know him. But there mm-hmm. was this basketball player from Missouri, and he got drafted into the NBA. And the whole story was about his mom being a single parent and blah, blah, blah. Mm. And then, but I'm looking at this, and I didn't know the guy personally, but I know a lot of people who did. And they was like, man, that dude's daddy was in his life, his whole life. I know that guy. And you're absolutely right. He was there every step of the way. Yeah, he coached him in basketball. Like he, like he had a relationship with his pops. So to slight him in that way, man, it really rubbed me the wrong way. His but, basketball genes. I mean, that guy was like the, the, the man when he was playing ball. So he gifted those basketball genes to him. That's what I'm saying, man. So, you know, the importance of fatherhood and wanted to dispel that myth. You know, I'm a big, I'm a science geek. So uh, I, I used to watch the show Mythbusters. I don't know, people might be familiar yeah. with Mythbusters. Where they I smell like, you know, like, can you really catch a bullet with your hand? Or, you know, can yeah. you really take stuff in movies and it was nice and fun. So that right there stuck out in my crawl. And then I said, okay, breaking the, breaking, dispelling the myth, busting the myth. Lessons from active black fathers. Mm. Fathers. And I wanted to relate because this book, when people buy this book, what I want you to know is if you try to make a D1 athlete, if you try to make a road scholar, if you try to make the perfect child, don't buy this book. 
because it's not about that. Mm -hmm. It ain't about mm -hmm. that. It's about overcoming some of the mistakes that you will make as a dad because you won't have all the answers. I don't care. And, I, and I, I can't say that because I didn't have my dad, but I think even if you had a father in your life, you would still make mistakes. Absolutely. But learning how to bounce back from those and learning how to seek wise counsel from other men. And that's why it's important that we have these relationships so we can be able to yep. talk to other men and be able to open up and to be able to say, hey, man, you know, how would you handle this? Some of the guys that I talk about in the book, you know, I call them. I call them yeah. and say, hey, man, this situation is going on with my son, man. What would you do? What mm -hmm. would you do? Or did I do the right thing? And the good thing about my circle is we are very candid with one another. So if I did something wrong, then let me know. Now, nah, nah, you, you, you missed that one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or, or you know, if I was right, it'd be like, yeah, now you, you did the right thing, man. Yeah. Why didn't you do more? So yeah. that value in the, that, that I had in terms of not being alone as a father, I wanted to give that to other people. So I put this book together and really what it is, is it's somewhat autobiographical, but it doesn't okay. really tell my story in its entirety. It just talks about my relationship with my dad, number one, Barbara Senior, and then mm -hmm. my relationship with other men as I go through my time in fatherhood. So yeah. I think it's a real entertaining book. It's for all levels. Like I said, it's not a very long book. Um, it's, not a, it's not a book for academians, it's a book for everybody. Any type of dad yeah. can buy it. It's for, it's for black fathers, but really any father can read it. And if you're a single mother who doesn't have, for some reason, does not have a man helping you out, it's a good lesson for you as well. So that's, that's what's up, brother. Congratulations on becoming a published author. Um, that ain't that, a lot of people can't put that on their title. They they they'll, they you know think they social media influences, but they don't understand that work that goes into actually writing something and creating. I'm still getting used to it, man. I'm still getting used to yeah. it. People say, man, you need to start saying author. And I'm like, you know, because I'm I'm not a I'm not I'm a humble dude. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. like, they're like, nah, man, you an author. You an author now. So, you know, but it, to, honestly, for me, it's not really about that. If I can help at least one person with this book, I did my job. I so I gotta. I, I'm gonna talk to you about that. That um, you just said something that stood out to me. Introspective about being a father. People, I got 17 social media platforms or uh, accounts on Instagram. I get a lot of kudos, as you could imagine. I'm pretty, you probably live this experience about being a father, yep. because people get these exceptional highlights, right? Yep. I think the day that I became a good, the best, uh, the father that I am today is when I finally understood that for me to be the best father possible, I got to fix me. Yep. I got to go introspective and really do that work. Some of that work that I don't even comprehend. Um, so, so talk to me about that, about how you got um, to the notion of in order for me to be a good parent, I constantly have to be evaluating myself and less so much about my child. You do, because... So, you know how, like, when you get on a plane, you go to travel somewhere. We ain't been traveling a whole bunch because it's a pandemic. But you know how you mm -hmm. get on a plane and they say, in case we lose oxygen, put on your mask first and then put on the mask for the person that's next to you. Because if you pass yep. out, you can't help them, then both y'all gone. Right? So, and I, I, I'm always upfront and honest about my story and completely vulnerable because I feel like I can help somebody by just telling my, told my whole story, man. Man, I went through a major depression, bro like a major, yeah. major bout of depression, man. I um, lost my father in 2000. And then five years later, three weeks after I married my wife, I lost my mother. 
Mm. So all of that grief and you know stress of being a new husband, um, starting a new family, all of that just kind of came together and just created this big old ball of depression. And you know, as men, you know, back in you know 2006, 2005, it wasn't sexy to be talking about. I'm no. Gonna, it was, you know, it no. wasn't. It wasn't like that. I, I'm going to say it. Not at all. You know. So, you know, what do we say? What do we do? I got it. I got it. I got it. I'm under control. And I want brothers to stop saying that. Stop saying you got it. Because you're going to, you're going, I got it. I got it. I got it. And stress yourself into an early grade. You know, you need help. Ask for help. So I went through years, man, you know, with the help of my wife, you know, going up and down, up and down. I would see a counselor. I would get someone stable. And then, you know, something would happen. Boom, setback. And, I was going through a major, major bout, and I thought that I had it under control. You know what I'm saying? I thought nobody could see what was going on inside of me. You know what I'm saying? I thought, you know, I'm paying the bills. I'm going to work every day. I'm taking them to practice. You know, I'm doing all the stuff I'm supposed to do as a dad. Um, you know, what I got going on inside of me don't matter because right. you know I can I'll, I'll fix it when I want to. Or I'll fix it when I can. It wasn't until my wife told me that, you know, my son asked, like, hey, is dad depressed? Mm. Mm. Why do you ask that? And she was like, well, apparently they talked about it at school and everything that they listed down in terms of like, hey, check box, check box. yeah, I, I hit all, I hit every single box. He checked it out. Right. It's like, you know, this it was just it was bad, man. And then I started asking. You know my daughters you know and they were just like yeah we can yeah we can tell we can tell mm-hmm. so it really got to a point man where um we had a, my wife and i had to come to jesus meeting where she had to come to jesus meeting with me and just like look right you were just invited you you were, yeah. were here to talk you were invited you know and the thing about it was because my son's an athlete there was always a practice to go to right always a tournament yeah. to go to and i always put off what's for me for them and you know, I told her, I said, well, I can do this. I can go to individual, but there's also group therapy I can go to. And you know what she told me? Straight, no chasing. You better not miss one meeting. Mm. Basketball is not an excuse. Mm. You know, I, you know I, that's my, that was my go-to. Well, I got to go. I got to go with Jalen. I got I to gotta go with him to basketball. Nah, no. Right. You got to save yourself. And I did the work, man. I did the work, man. And it was hard. Um, started focusing on my mental health, started focusing on my physical health. And then eventually, man, I got to where it was like, you know what? I'm okay. And I'm open and I'm honest about that because some people would be embarrassed. But I say that because there's somebody struggling. There's somebody right struggling now. and they need to know like, yeah, man, you can't, you're not, you're not being the best man that you can be for your family, for your wife, for your community at all. If you don't address what's going on with you, whatever trauma you got going on, Whatever it is, talk to somebody about it. You got to, and it's it's funny you say that. And I and I, I we have this amazing ability. I mean, you're Big Mar. Yeah. How could you have any issues? You're Big Mar. You're Rob Weaver. You guys have had all the success and all of this, and you guys were promoters, and you had this, and you got these trips, and not all this, all the snapshots. What we talk about, we talk about the relationship with the with your with a man and his wife, or uh, or married people on social media. You see the representative. You also see yep. people's representative on social media. You see these yep. so-called influencers 
and they're like, oh man, they're taking trips to here and there and all this. You know what I'm saying? Man, they might be, they might have a, a bed on the floor at home. And no, and no, because I've been there as well. You know what I'm saying? But my thing is, it's a facade. It's a facade. It's a facade. You know what I mean? And sometimes it's true, sometimes it's not. But don't compare yourself. They, what do they say? Comparison is the biggest root, is the is the biggest key to unhappiness, something like that. I, I'm trying to Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but you know, comparing yourself to other people, man, will lead to unhappiness. And I fell into that trap as well. So you just learn to do you, man, stay in your lane, and you'll be all right. And I think that's essential for us, and I'm glad that your son was a part of that story, right? Because now he has a different expectation of what depression really is. Um and and it's not the um, you're depressed. I remember um, I, I, I deal with depression myself, anxiety and depression. Um, still today, still today, still go to counseling, still take um, medication for it. And um, but that was a fight that I, I, I struggled with, mostly because I didn't have anybody to say to me, this is what's going on. It wasn't socialized well in my community. It wasn't my dad. I'm, I'm 100 percent sure my dad dealt with depression. Tough, tough. Right. Because this guy was amazing. And then there would be times where he was just a terror. And I was like, what the heck is going on with this dude? Like, this is my hero. How is he acting like this? And so what I realized in that, to be honest with you, I started displaying some of that behavior where I can be out having the greatest time. Everybody can see me having the greatest time with my son and my daughter. And we're doing all these amazing things. And then um, something, either a flashback, a memory, a, a a pain, a, a new stress would trigger me into going to that depressive state. So I'm glad to hear you talking about that. I'll talk to you about that all day long. I'm, I'm like you. I'm, I'm going to tell, I'll go down and sit down at the bar and tell a person I just met that I dealt with this because I would rather share that story so they can have a chance to do something different than I did, which was ignore and run from the problem and subsequently lose a lot as a result of it. If, you, if I was to tally up what I lost for real, what I really lost, right. it would be huge. And you know, the thing about it was that I, I, I mentioned this in a story, one of the stories in the book, where I talked about my son. And really what it comes down to is being vulnerable and being um, secure enough to say that, you know, I, I, I need help. I, yep. I don't have this under control. And one of the things that I talked about in the story is how I would tell my son, don't cry. You know, mm -hmm. you lose a basketball game, you better not cry. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? It's a game. You better, you better, you better soldier up, dog. You know, no, you, mm -hmm. you ain't crying. But then it got to the point when I was going through my depression, and I was just like, I got all this stuff bottled up. I got all these things bottled up, man, and I just, I got to get it out. But I can't cry because I hate how I sound when I cry. I sound like a bitch when I cry. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't I cry, want, cry. Yeah, and I, don't, and I don't want it. You know, you know, girls talk about that ugly face cry. I'm talking about that ugly face cry. But then I realized that that's what I needed, man. Yeah. I needed to, I needed to get all of that out. And it's relief. I'm going to be honest with you, man. It wasn't until, I, 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 I'm going to say I healed myself. It was still a work in progress because anything mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I And thankfully, I'm able to tell the people I love, especially my wife, like, I'm having a hard time right now. I'm having mm -hmm. a hard time right now. I call him mm -hmm. I call him Big D, Mr. D, you know, Mr. Depression. I'm, 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 fighting, around. I'm fighting Big D right now. And so then they know what type of support to give me. But it wasn't until Mother's Day this year, um, I was out exercising and it just hit me, bro. 
it hit me like a ton of bricks because I just lost my um, my aunt, my favorite aunt, my mom. And in the past, I would have suppressed it because I told my, like I told my son, man, you don't cry, man. You don't cry, dude. But this time, man, I let it go, man. I cried for hours, man. That's what's up, bro. I cried for hours. And when I was done, I was so drained. I just went to sleep for the rest of the day, man. But that next day, I felt so much better, man, because that weight was off of me. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. So, you know, I, I say that to say I wanted to make sure that I didn't teach my son that same destructive behavior. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because you're a man, you can't cry. Because you're a man, you can't really process your emotions like people are supposed to be able to process them, to be able to talk. Yes. Now, once you get it out, now it's time for action. Now, what you going to yeah. do about it? But you got to get it out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Again, let's move. So that's just one of the things, man, that we talk In about. In our house, we talk about, especially with Duke. My, my um, daughter's a little bit different, but especially with Duke, um, he's like his dad. So he can he can have those emotional uproars, right, where he's uh, literally a storm. And what we talk about instead of saying um, you're not allowed to cry, it's like you, you, you have to have emotional control. I'm not trying to tell you that you can't cry. I'm not saying you can't be upset. I'm kind of saying you can't be disappointed, but you have to be able to deliver those ways. Because that's the thing I'm, I was most um, not proud of is that I didn't always have the best levels of emotional control. So I'm concerned. I was like, OK, yes, I'm having these feelings and I'm going to let it out on the world. And versus, yes, I'm having these feelings and I'm going to communicate it to the world and I'm going to do something about it. Um, and, and so we don't do the you're not allowed to cry. And trust me, let me say this. We don't always do. You're not allowed to cry. Yeah. There's days where I got about this much patience left in the cup yeah. where I'd be like, son, I need you to kill it. I need you to kill it right now. And, and I think even him having those having those dialogues with him about his emotional state of being, which I never had with my father. I never had a, a, a talk about being uh, emotions with my son, with my, with my father. Because our dads weren't taught that, dude. Our dads weren't yeah. taught that. They were taught that you bring, you bring home the bacon. Mm-hmm. You make sure you, you, you provide and you protect your family. Anything yep. else, that's for your mother to handle. Your mother mm-hmm. makes sure that you get educated. You don't do what your mama said, I'm going to put my foot in your ass. Yep. That, was all, that was all they did. That being able to, to talk and to be able to nurture and develop and process stuff, man, I know my dad didn't have it, and most of my dudes, they fathers didn't, they, they fathers didn't have it either. You know, mm-hmm. I'm thankful that my son. In some ways, this sounds crazy, man. In some ways, I look up to my son, dude, because this cat is a lot like my wife, and I mm. tell her all the time. Those are the two. We can cuss, right? We can cuss on the show, right? I don't give a shit. <laughs> those are two of the toughest motherfuckers I know, mm. because. They not scared of anything. Now are they mm. not scared like like my son? Like he's 6'2, 220, you know, rocked up football player, you know, Boston yeah. football player. Now, if you get like a, a wasp or a bee or something that'll sting you, this dude would be like, ugh, no, this <laughs> but in terms of, you know, I gotta confront somebody because they're doing me wrong. No fear. I know wow. I need to, I want to do this, but everybody thinks that I can't do it. No fear. I'll prove them wrong. Yeah. No self-doubt. No hesitation. I do what I want to do. And if I fail, oh well. I well, wish I had that, man. Bro, that would have given I would have been one, I've been a multimillionaire by now. Yeah. Um just have that in my head. Yeah. Two, um, 
all the insecurities that I grew, I, I grew myself. I grew myself. Not the insecurities that people projected upon me. Yeah. The ones that I literally watered myself yeah. wouldn't be present. Right. That's it, man. That's it. And I'm so thankful when I was going through my depressive state because depression hits other people differently, right? Mm-hmm. It was a lot of the self-loathing, the negative yeah. talk about yourself, you know, and yeah. you just say it over and over and over and over again. And I was in one of my group sessions and this, and this brother was there. He was describing his wife to us. And his wife, I was looking at him and I was like, man, the way and, he, and the pain and frustration he had, he was describing his wife, but really he was describing me. Mm. I, I was like, damn, I put my family through that. And I'm so thankful that my son is, see, I always told him this, man, be a lion, not a hyena. Mm. Hyenas, mm. They, they run in packs, right? Yeah. Lion, king of the jungle. He got his boys right, but he runs by himself. You know what I'm saying? You be a lion. And I'm thankful that one of the things that I taught him stuck because he's like, you know, I'm gonna do what I want to do, man. So yeah, he's 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 a big central piece of this of this book. Uh, my girls as well, but my really my relationship, you know, because with my son, it was really me and my boys. Who, was, who, I, who I mentioned in the book, our sons had the same name. And we often mm-hmm. call our, our son because he's my only son and he was and his boy that was my son's friend was his oldest boy. We often call him the test dummies. Like, yeah, yeah, y'all was the test dummies. Absolutely. Because like things that we would do, <laughs> and then we'd be like, yeah, that, was, that, was, that wasn't good. Sometimes my son would tell me a story. Like one time he was like, we lived in Houston at one point. And he was like, dad, you remember when we was in Houston? And like there was these rough looking dudes uh, standing outside the restaurant. And you told me to walk up to him with my chest out and be like, what's up, dude? You know what I'm saying? And, and I, I was like, I said, wow. I was like, I was like, I was like how, how was you when, you when I told you to do that? He was like, I was like seven or eight. And he was like, you ain't getting into this car until you go over there and let them know that you the man. And I was, I was scared, but I did it. And I was like, I'm looking at myself. I'm looking at myself. I'm like, I'm like, I did that, son. He was like, yeah. And then when you said it, he started describing it. I was like, oh. I'm embarrassed. Like, I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm sorry, baby. I, I you know. <laughs> so that's what that's I said. Right. That's what I said. But that's the remnants, right? That was the remnants of what you had been taught, right? And 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 and, and, and that let me let me talk. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. What's one of the myths that you either speak about in your book? or about black fatherhood that that gives you the most pause, concern, maybe uh, rouse you up the most? Because there's plenty, trust me. They, we got plenty of myths to, that we need to um, bump down. But what's one of the myths that, that probably you wish um, we can get rid of the fastest? And I talk about this. There's a, there's a whole chapter dedicated to it. It's not really a myth, but it's really uh, uh, a statement that I'm making to young brothers. Mm-hmm. Value your seed. Mm-hmm. The chapter is value your seed. This whole notion of narrative that the more women that I'm able to bag, the more women I'm mm-hmm. able to with, uh, makes my manhood increase, or it, it's a, it's a, um, it, 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 my masculinity is tied to how many women I can sleep with. It's false. 
So yeah. Just like we teach our young women to respect their bodies, we need to teach mm -hmm. our young men to respect their bodies the same. So, yeah. so I talk about how there are brothers out here who you may not be married to the woman that you have children with, right? Sometimes mm -hmm. things happen. Sometimes things things happen. Life. Sometimes life happens and hopefully y'all able to co-parent in a way that is productive so that y'all can, you know, you know, produce productive young adults mm -hmm. that grow up and they can see how, you know, um, mom and dad may not be together, but they are unified in terms of how they are still families. Always. Right. Because because I've seen it, it takes a lot. Like I I've always been with my wife while I was raising while I've been raising children, but I've seen the struggles it takes to raise a child when you're not with the other parent. Because if y'all not on one accord, even though y'all not in the same house, that child recognizes. Oh. And most, and oh. most children who, 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 who come from that, that split household, the first thing that they learn how to do is how to play people off each other and how to yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because it was like, oh, mm. you're not going to do that? I go over here with mom. And then you like, oh, no, 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 no. I don't, I don't. My you know, heart, right. I don't want you, you know what I'm saying? And then they, they, they learn how to do that. But I'm getting, I'm, I'm going on a tangent, but the whole piece is if you can, try to choose a relationship where, you know what? I can see myself being with this person. And even if it doesn't work out that I'm not with them, I can see traits and qualities in this person that I wouldn't mind raising a child with them. You know, Absolutely. Do, they have, do they have these generational curses, these family traumas that may be passed down to my seed that I have to deal with? And yep. you really can't make decisions like that if you just out here willy nilly, just being all over the place about where you putting your seed at. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. Because if you're not, if you're not able to be present, like if you got four or five, six baby moms, there's no way you can give the love and affection to your children that they. Absolutely. You just can't. Absolutely. You, you ain't got that energy. No, no. It's way too much. Let alone the time or the resources, but you definitely don't have that self-energy to get that done. Yeah, yeah. Dude be wearing my ass out all the time. Be like, man, come on. I love basketball too, but for real, we're going to go another another two hours of basketball? This is tiring, bro. Yeah, yeah. And then you got to go all over town. I got to go pick up this kid here, pick up this kid there. I've seen brothers do it, and they and admirably really tried to do it. But what happens if you fall out with one of the mothers? And yep. then access to your child is limited. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. What if you've had all these children, then you meet some woman that you really are vibing with. Now you got to explain to her, yeah, you know, me and my kids, mm. me and my kids are a package deal. But now yeah. that me and my kids are a package deal, but there's but the four baby mama too. Five other five other adults that you would have to deal <laughs> with as well. That's a lot to put on a woman. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's one thing I wanted to spell, man. Just Young man, value your value your seed, value your body. You know what I mean? And just so, going out here with all these women and, and, and just wilding out like that, it ain't the thing to do. It's not. You're right. You're right. You're 100 percent right. That's that's good. That's good knowledge and wisdom, brother. Let me let me ask you this. I fight with my barbershop on a regular basis. Yeah. About uh I will we would go in the barbershop and um all the myths about black fatherhood be swirling around. And I get hot, right? Cause I'm a black father. I'm sure you feel this way. It's hard for me to find a no good black father in my circle. Right. It is very hard. Now it's either because they hiding yeah, it, they doing a good job, or I don't let them be around. You're a real dude. And if 
you had somebody in your circle who wasn't taking care of their responsibilities, they wouldn't be in your circle anymore. I'm looking at you funny. You're going to be tired of me. You're going to be like, this dude, every time I see this dude, he's asking about my kids. Every right. time he sees this dude, he's talking to me about how I need to be a better man to my kids. Yeah. And so I'm in the barbershop and, and, and I'm just livid, right? They don't even, they know not to even talk to Rob about this no more. Because I'm, I'm like you with, uh, in, in terms of science. I'm going to start hitting you with the numbers. I'm going to send you four PDFs. I'm going to do this. I'm going to show you all the numbers that say we are the most involved of all fathers yeah. in our children's lives. And um, but my point, my, my question is, if that is what we are saying about ourselves, how do we expect anybody else to say anything better about us? Like, what is it? Why are so why is the black community so attached to this idea that black men is aren't aren't the fathers that they actually are? I think that the enemy has done a good job of convincing us that we are inherently deficient mm. Mm. internalize those narratives enough to where we start believing it mm -hmm. we start believing it and then we start just saying okay yeah yeah, yeah that's true that's true like yeah well, there's, there's a bunch of uh, black men just make black women uh, baby mamas but they're not interested in being daddies and it's all these you know because you heard it in the news this at first when we remember we was coming up they talked about the crack babies all the crack oh yeah Man, have you ever seen oh, a crack baby? Have you ever seen a crack baby? No. It was, some term, it was some term that they came up with, right, to vilify us. Because really, what they what they do when they do that, when they say all these children run around without fathers, what they're trying to do is dehumanize us. Yep. So then it justifies their illness of us. You see what I'm saying? So that's why it's important for us to say, no, 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 no. That's not true. You know that boy has a daddy, or mm -hmm. if he have a daddy. Guess what? He has an uncle. He got an uncle. He got uncles. He's got um. He's got mentors. He's got a big brother who's got a head on his shoulders. He's got a coach. He's got somebody who cares about them. I learned this lesson a long time ago, and I tell all the women in my life about this. If you have children, and something is going on at the school, whether you are just whether you with the um. The, the father or not, don't go to that school by yourself. Mm -mm. Take a man with you. Mm -hmm. Take take mm -hmm. a take preferably take the father with you, right? If you can't yeah. do that, take a brother, take an uncle, take somebody with you. Because there is, and I'm not and I'm not saying this in a way to try to diminish our sisters like they're not capable. But what mm -hmm. I'm saying is there's a different way they treat you when they know that you are protected. That you are covered, and that you—they're not going to just treat you any type of way. That goes for. Our Bro, children. I'm still going to the mechanic with my aunt. I'm still going to the mechanic with my aunt. Like she just, she will not go without me being present. And it's similar to what you're saying. And what once I'm there, just my presence and on, I'm gonna tell you, Marv, I don't know nothing about what goes on under the hood of a car. I don't mess around with it, right? I feel like my my parents did all that hard work to send me to college so I could send mine to the dealership, but. Exactly. Are <laughs> you, so, hey, you sure we ain't got the same mom? Because that's what my mom is. Right. Like, Boy, you better get an education. You ain't getting no carburetors, bro. I ain't doing nothing with no carburetors. Yeah. But my yeah. presence alone in that room, my presence alone in that room, uh, and I can sit by the truck and like kick the wheels, lift the hood up. I don't even know what I'm talking about. I'm like, uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. That presence alone gives her one security to say the things that she wants to say. Yeah. Right? I'm the things that are on her mind. 
my wife went to the doctor. She was uh, she's asthmatic. She was having a little trouble breathing. She had an allergic reaction to something. So she, you know, she went up here to the clinic. I was coming behind because I had to make sure the kids were cool. And I got there and I saw how they were treating her. And this male nurse came in and he was like, all right, well, let me go ahead, you know, take your, take your blood pressure. You know, just real cavalier about it. And I set up and I didn't even say nothing. But I set up and I looked at him. Boy, he tightened it up real quick. Tighten it up real quick. So to get back to your question, why do we believe that? It's because it's been drilled into us, man. You know, the media yeah. is powerful. I'm gonna tell you, I'm just having a conversation about this with my best friend. The rap lyrics that we listen to, I understand now why our elders were telling us that it was a problem. It's we, were, we were we were wise enough to know, like, you know what, this is just entertainment. Yeah. It was entertainment. Yeah. But, it still had a negative effect. It's still yeah. like the gangster rap that I listen to, and I, I listen to it all, NWA, Mob, you name it. You know what I'm saying? That was my stuff. But using the N-word, our, our perspective and our approach to women, mm -hmm. that stuff had an impact on us. So oh, it's, 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 it's whenever, the same. Yeah. So whenever you hear something over and over, don't put a beat to it. They oh, yeah. over and over again with a nice beat to it you internalize that and then you start to you start to uh uh put that out to people that look like you, you bro mar one of the, I, I was i was i tell people this all the time about music um because i was like when you look about think of in the ver i think the verses has reminded people of our generation exactly what's going on some of the most popular songs of our generation awful. were awful horrible Awful. Like, wait, do you, wait, do you see my dick? Awful. Like, oh, what are you talking about? It put it in your mouth. What are you awful. talking about? It? Look, and you over here want to talk about Lil Pump or uh, uh, Lil This about I'm their gonna, music? I'm gonna tell you, uh, the movie Straight Outta Compton. My wife took my son to go see it, and everybody was talking about how good the movie Straight Outta Compton was. And I said, I refuse to see it. And they were like, mm -hmm. oh, It's a good movie. I said, No. Nah, I, I I actually grew up during the era that was impacted by that music. Because yep. the reality is, all those songs they were talking about killing other black men, selling drugs, uh, brutalizing black women, because they did talk about stuff like that. All that stuff had an impact on our generation. You remember the movie Colors? Biggest piece of yeah. ever. I grew up in Topeka, Kansas. We have some influence from Chicago, but you never saw Bloods and Crips until you saw that movie Colors, man. Exactly. And the reality is, they wouldn't put anything out about any other, any other um, uh, demographic like that. Any oh no, absolutely. Any other demographic wouldn't tolerate it. Absolutely not. Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson didn't even say the K word in a negative way. They said, "Hey, you're going to apologize. You're going to take that out." No, yep. so all these people that are over that, they don't allow when they're talking about them, but when they allow us to be that um, dysfunctional. So that's why I think that that narrative keeps going and that's why we got to keep passing this, this message along. You leading by example. I love to see how the Duke and the Duchess and how you working out with them, how you loving on them, how you showing, hey man, you know what? Everybody else on social media is popping bottles. 
and they traveling to to loom yeah. and do all this. I'm with my kids. That's how I was. When my kids was young. They are teenagers and young adult, young adults now, and they get they got their own schedules now. No, they get on my nerves. And they, and they, <laughs> and they, they got their own schedule. But when they was your kids' age, man, it wasn't nothing better than that, man. Going out oh. with them, having dance contests with them, and all that stuff, man. That's what that's what it's about, man. That's what really yeah. Cool. Those are my riches, man. I I, uh, I get some slack. My my crew will give me some slack about uh, my posting. Like like Rob, you post about these kids at least four or five times a week. I say you damn right. And that's only because that's only that's all that's all the time I had to do it, right? Um, um, my workout. It's funny. That I'm gonna I'm tie this into a couple of things you said. I get a lot of accolades for about about me working out. I post the videos all the time. Those videos actually the, to get people to. Um, in addition to my, I'm a noob. You know how it is. I got a little vanity in me. It is what it is. But the reality is, my my nephews are in Austin, Texas, and I don't get to see them as much. And then they just got to Austin. They were in, in St. Louis. So I definitely wouldn't see them. But I know um, diabetes runs in our family. Uh, high cholesterol. All the things that, that affect black communities because of the way we eat. Right? All those things run in our family. So those videos became, if you do the videos that I post, I give you $3 every time. Pay you out monthly. Right? Because I wanted to build in them positive ha habits in terms of they, they help example and that's what i wanted to tell you so when i was going through my depression my major bout a lot of it was tied to my health and my weight yep. and still a big dude still struggle with it but there was a point where like it was like bad like mm -hmm. i was like really really bad with my weight struggling sleep apnea had all, on the verge of being diabetic you know yeah. high blood pressure high cholesterol and when i started focusing on my health because I always made sure my son worked out, right? Because he's an athlete. He's he's he's, yep. he's an athlete. Um, but then we would leave the gym and go buy Taco Bell. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Go buy some candy, whatever. So then I was like, you know what? I got to fix how I eat. Because even though I can tell him, hey, you know you can't eat like this when you get older, right? You know you can't do this when you get older, right? But if he's still seeing me do it every day, now what, yeah. what example am I leading by? Absolutely. So, by the grace of God, I was able to fix it, man. I'm no longer, I was pre-diabetic, now my blood sugar. And, and my father, my brothers, all of them are diabetic, man. Yeah. And um, that's killing us. It's killing us. As and well. and the strain oh, that it puts on your relationship, Mark. Yeah. The strain. I saw my mother take care of a man who lost his, um, both his legs um, up to the knee. Yeah. I saw the pain that it, that, that gave her. Um, and it was it was always my thought I would never put my um, lady that I'm with in that position because you know what I'm gonna tell you I hate to cut you off but I just had this conversation with my wife she's probably gonna smack me for saying this but I said it's important for me to keep my health together because y'all not built to be taking care of somebody y'all not <laughs> y'all 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 not like I don't I have no doubt in my mind that y'all love me. That y'all would do whatever you can for me, but you know, just some people who just they just ain't got it in them. Like, I'm gonna wipe your ass every day. I'm gonna do all this, that, and the other. Yes. No, no. Yes. It, it ain't in there. 
It's not. And know. that's the stuff my mom was doing, man. So yeah. I was embarrassed for and proud of her at the same time that yeah. she was willing to do two jobs, three jobs, and do all these things. It had it set the exceptionally high standard for the women that I deal with, which yeah. is a whole another counseling session and a different show. But, 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 it, but don't get me wrong. Let me say this, baby, because she's gonna watch it. I know she made sure I'm okay. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> she's like, she good. She goes, she's like, oh, that's what you think? I'm gonna really show you. I'm like, <laughs> but. You know, thankfully, you know, I got daughters, you know what I'm saying? And they they I know they I know they'll hold it down. Yeah, they're gonna take care of you. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, I hope to, I hope to not even be in that situation, man, because you gotta take care of yourself, man. You got you got you Man, got, I, I wanna be seventy messing with my grandkids the same way I play around with my kids, right? So let me ask you this. And you mentioned this in the um uh, like I said in the beginning, you got as much shit going on as I do. From uh, man, listen to DDs to uh, the new book to conversate, right? Yeah. And there's something that you said that I just dealt with yesterday. I posted a picture of my son with his St. Louis chain on, right? He just got his St. Louis chain from his um, auntie, right? Now this dude ain't nowhere near. He he only think he from St. Louis because his daddy from St. Louis, right? So we rep the Cardinals. He walking around with his big thing. He take his shirt off. He got his chain on. I post that picture. I'm laughing at it because I'm like, this dude's one band-aid away from being Nelly. Yeah. Bro, you don't know how many people, women, women, gave me feedback about how inappropriate that picture was. And I, I remember you specifically saying stuff about how Soldier, and I mean, Soldier is a good looking boy, beautiful chocolate skin, yeah. handsome fella. Handsome dude, man. Oh, yeah. ripped up. Yeah, yeah. Built, right? built like built up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? And you, and the frustration that you have with how women talk about him and sexualize him. Yes. And I said, damn, Soldier Soldier. He's 18. I got all adult kids. So, my, what I was thinking is, wait a minute. When I when I when that happened yesterday, I was like, wait a minute. Marvin was talking about this, and his son's eighteen. He's probably been dealing with this since his son was six. Since like, exactly. it's been a long time. My son is literally getting these kind of like, like I'm like, no, that's a boy. That was a child with a necklace on. What are you talking about? His shirt off and his chest. So, so why do we, what's this over-sexualization of our black boys and what, and, and, and it may stem from what you're talking about, right? Because our songs, our music, what thing we pass down, the prowess we've, we've established in terms of all the things that women really don't want us to be about, yet they encouraging it a little bit because they're looking at this young man and telling him how fine he is, right? They're looking at this young man and telling him how big and strong he is. But at the same time, you know you don't want to deal with that dude 10 years from now. If you don't, if he's only focused on those attributes of himself. Man, you know, I saw that picture that you posted, you know, and I saw the chain and I saw the, the caption about one band-aid away. And all I thought about was, oh, he repping, he repping the loop. Anything other than that made, it didn't even, it didn't even register for me. Now, it did not register. Now, of course, he's a young man, right? Yep. And, you know. Had it been something, and I couldn't even fathom you doing it or anybody doing it, something, you know, with baby girl, then, you know, like, okay, that's a little suggestive, let's change it. But I know that you wouldn't even think that way. But for us, that picture, you know, he got, like, this little dude, he, he just, he's still a child. 
You don't even have a chest yet, for real. Like he, a chest. he looks like when, when you looked at it, he was like, that's a child right there. Yeah. My son, because of his genes, um, he developed fast. So like, you know, at 12, 13, um, 14, you know, he was all of 5'10, 5'11, if not mm. his foot. He's 6'2 now. You know? Mm. So there would be times where I would be out and women would be like, I remember this one time we were at a basketball tournament in Atlanta and this old woman stopped him and was like, hey, how old are you? Because your face looks young, but you don't look young. And I was like, I said, ma'am, excuse me, that's my son. He's, he's, he's 13 years old. And she was like, oh, oh, I'm sorry, because she knew she was wrong. She knew she was wrong. I was Marvin, you would have they would have called the cops on you, bro. Man. They would have called the cops immediately. Man, like, like I was like women that we were associated with, and I don't think that they really meant anything by it, but they'd always be like, Yeah, man, you know, he's fine. He is fine. You know what I'm saying? And like, yeah, my son's a handsome kid, but like that's inappropriate. Because like they would say in earshot of him. You know what I'm saying? And he would be like, yeah. what'd you say? What'd you say? You know? And I'm and I'm and I'm saying because like we always used to joke. And before I became a dad, you know, you see those uh, videos where like those news stories where it's like, oh, this teacher was sleeping with uh, the student. Yeah. And you know, and then you'd be like, like what? Why did he tell? Like that's what's up, you know. But then you start thinking about it as a parent, and you're like, you know what, man? If some grown woman messed with my son, the emotional issues that that would cause with him, because I'm gonna tell you. I've seen grown men my age who, even myself, now I don't consider myself a victim, but I've messed with them when I was uh, underage, messed with an adult woman. Yeah. I've seen dudes who have been messed with by older women and it screwed them up. Mm-hmm. They don't know it, but it screwed, it, it really screwed them up because their approach and their thought about sexuality and women is totally thrown off. It's skewed. It, to them, like, if I'm not having sex, I got to have it. I got to have it. I got to have it. No, you don't got to have it. Yes, it's good if you can get the right person and I got a connection and that chemistry is there. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And if you're young and you're protecting yourself and you want to, you know, play the field, nothing wrong with it. Knock yourself out. But make sure you're protecting yourself. Make sure you value your seed like we talked about earlier. And, you know, make sure that you are really looking at yourself. Am I really, am I really doing this for the right reasons? And I think that's right. something that we need to address, man. I think we failed our young black men because I've seen brothers who like, like, dude, you don't know him, but you you need to talk to somebody because mm-hmm. you, your pursuit of women, your desire mm. to sex, whatever whatever woman you can get, it's causing you problems. It's ma- yeah. it's forcing you to make bad decisions. Yeah. And yeah. I just think it's something that we need to address, man. So now I don't, I don't have any tolerance for it, you know, when it comes to women. Now he's an adult, technically an adult now. He's 18, but he's still on my payroll. I still got to buy food for him and feed him. So sure. he's still my baby, you know what I'm saying? So it better right. not be a grown woman trying to knock on his door, you know, but yeah, exactly. it's something that we need to address, man, for sure. You know, um, I, what I want you to do is because again, I, like we said earlier, I don't, I don't know no bad fathers per se. I know some fathers who could be doing a better job, but I don't know. I don't know no fathers who are bad fathers because I wouldn't. I wouldn't stand for it. There's nothing that we gonna have in common if you your kids ain't ain't number one in your life. 
Tell me one of the stories from the from your book that's that's poignant um, and, and why you threw it in there that 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 has taught you a lesson about fatherhood. Man, you know what? It was one of the stories was my son. I was his basketball coach, and um, I, I I go into how I get to how I learned to be a basketball coach because the lesson I learned from one of the men I talked about in my book. But I was his coach and. My son was always a great athlete. Like mm-hmm. this dude, um, you know how people talk about that killing instinct and just being able to, when you need a play, you play ball. Like you like, man, we need a bucket. We need a bucket or we need to stop them. He was going to do mm-hmm. something where you're going to be like, did this kid, ah. did he just do that? Did he just do that? You know? And I'm not saying that just because of my son. I'm like, for real, you can poll people. They'd be like, yeah, that dude, he's a bad dude. But, I was his coach and I had all this anxiety and insecurity about playing my son, even though mm. he deserved to be on the court, even though he deserved everything that he got, I didn't want to be accused of daddy ball. Yeah. So yeah. Any, any little mistake that he made, I was on his ass. Mm. Any little mistake, I was on him. And then it didn't stop there. When we got in the car to go home, I was on him. You know what I'm saying? Man, you got to do this. You got to do that. So not only did he have coach at practice, but he had coach on the ride home. He had coach when he was taking his bath to get ready at night. He had coach mm-hmm. that was on him. And it wasn't until I was, I was, I started a new job and I was talking to this dude, white dude. And he was telling me how, how he coached his son. And how he finally just realized how his coach, how his son was responding to him because he was getting on him in the car, just like I got on my son in the car. Yeah. And he said, he said, he looked at his son. He said, you know what? Your coach is a real asshole. And his son looked mm. at him and he was like, I'm sorry. You know, and he learned to separate, separate. And that's yeah. when I stopped coaching my son. Or yeah. what happened was before we moved, uh, because my, my homeboy was dealing with the same thing. So we said, okay, during practice, I'll coach your son, you coach mine. Oh, smart. So that way we were able to keep that that father-son dynamic. We were able to keep it clean. So that's just one of the things where you just you learn by trial and error, man. You learn and, you know, you make mistakes and you just go forward from there, man. So, yeah, it's uh, there's definitely some interesting stories in the book. Absolutely. Man, I, it's funny you say that because I play ball. I'm still playing a couple leagues. I'm still out here trying to run with these young books. That's why everybody see me in there. There's two reasons I'm I'm in the gym so much. One, because I ain't giving up my basketball dreams because I'm trying to kill the uh, 40 and over league still. And two, um, working out is is my – I learned that if I don't have physical activity, my depression gets deeper, right? I have to – so most people, when, I, when my videos ratchet up, people on – on social media be like man you're doing a great job you you're 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 doing this people who know me be like pick up the phone they pick up the phone be like man what's going on right right yeah like what what do you mean like what's going on yeah it's good it's good that your circle recognizes that it's very mm-hmm. that they like oh man you've been in the gym you posting these videos six days a week what's going on there got to be something going on in your life and i'm like you're right there is i'm dealing with this i'm dealing with that i'm dealing with this um and and now I I will not coach Duke anymore in basketball. I coach baseball. I coach soccer. Uh, uh, I'm pretty much uh, 
I had to talk to you about football because I think this dude want to do it, and I'm afraid that he's going to be good at it, and I'm also afraid of the sport at the same time. So uh, it's changed a lot, man. Because you got to remember yeah. when when my son first started playing, that was the height of the CTE concussion. Yes. Focus. So I was totally against it, and then he got on there and just. I mean, he was a terror out there, bro. He was just yeah, and that's what I'm afraid would do. And he yeah. loved it, and he loved it. But you know, my thing is, you know, you, you you'll be smart about it. We'll talk about it, man. We'll talk. Yeah, about we it. we're going to talk about that because. Um, but what I realized, you'll see me, um, letting or posting videos of do getting coached basketball now. Mm-hmm. There is no point of having the robust network that I have. If I don't let these people pour into my children. So, yes, I, it, it bothers me to a little degree every time I pay the bill for him getting coached. But I also understand that his, the coach that he um, is, is getting coached by has known me for more than a decade. He understands my expectations. He, uh, we, we talk about um, fathering. He's a father himself. So we talk about being parents. And I trust him to develop my son in a way that I, I, I would. Let me tell you something. That's probably one of the best investments in your child that you are making. Mm. Because there's going to become a time, and mark my words, there'll be a time. Because right now, Duke is your boy, right? Yeah. Like, there was a time when we, me and my son, man, we was boom like that. Like, that was my dude, you know? Yeah. But then those preteen years hit, and then those teenage years hit. And they're struggling and trying to like, oh, I could do it, I could do it, I could do it, but they really can't do it. Mm-hmm. They want to be independent, but they don't have the tools that they need to be independent, and it's a struggle. And anything that you say, they're gonna want to do the opposite. They ain't trying to hear that shit. And I talked about it, and I talked about it in the book the importance of the village. There's a chapter in the book, the importance of having a village, because when my son is out and our network sees him, they know. They give him that look, and it's just like the look came from me. It's yep. just like the look came from me. I remember, I can't remember, it had to be about like four or five years ago, so he was probably 13, 14. And we had got into it, and he was mad at me. And I was like, I care if you're mad, you're going to do what I say, you know? Yeah, yeah. the game, and it was some cats from South Dallas. And they had a dude that was like 6'8". But I peeped him, and I was like, this cat can't move. Laterally, yeah. he can't move. And I said, man, if Jalen pulls him out and goes one-on-one with him, he's going to kill him. He's going to foul him out, or he's going to get yep. bucket at the bucket. But we had this argument. And, oh. and, and if I had told him, right, he would have brushed, brushed me off. I don't want to hear. Yeah. So what did I do? I got one of the dads. I said, hey, man, go tell Jalen. Uh, I said, go tell Jalen that kid out from the post and just attack him from the perimeter all day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. So he went and he did it right. All like, oh, Jalen, you know, my son saw right through it. He was like, yeah, my dad told you to say that, huh? <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's the thing. He said, he said, he said, he said, yeah, I know. That's what I'm going to do. He didn't want to yeah. let me know that I was right, but he told that dude, like, you knew the message was found. Yeah. yeah. But what did he do? I just ain't fucking with the messenger right now. I ain't fucking with it right now. And, and he killed them cats. He, I yeah. think he put 40 on them. And I was mm-hmm. just like, 
So that that important the importance of having a village, man, somebody else that can talk to your kid. It's gonna be a time, and I hope, I hope, I hope that it's not. I hope that it's mm-hmm. not. But I found that it's pretty consistent. Oh, it's coming. When, when they you go through, when they go when they go through those years, somebody you can say, like, hey man, don't touch that stove because it's hot. Mm-hmm. Somebody else would be like, hey, don't touch that stove because it's hot. Hey, 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 everybody, don't touch the stove because it's hot. And I'll talk to <laughs> dad, and I'll be like, yeah, I can tell him that he won't listen. And then it was this other guy, this other dad on the basketball team, white guy. He said, well, it's pretty consistent then. I said, what you mean? He said, my son don't listen to me either. I said, he said, I, bet you, I said, I bet you if you went over there and told him something, he would do it like, just like that. Mm-hmm. So that's why I say it's important to have somebody that can mentor your son and that is receptive, that your son can trust and that yeah. you can be like, all right, you know what? I ain't messing with dad right now, but coach always steers me right. Yep. That way you know your yep. We talk about that in the book, Mythbusters. That's let's, beautiful, let's man. Yep. I ain't going to hold you too long. I know you got time to get back to your family. I've enjoyed this conversation uh, tremendously. Uh, I'm super proud of the book. I can't wait to read it. I'm yeah. super proud of your the example that you uh you setting and whatnot. I got to ask you these questions. I told you I was asking these questions. Okay. Yep. Uh, this is a Black as Fuck podcast. Yep. And what I, what yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm black black fuck. Fuck. everything I do, I'm Black as Fuck. All day long. Yeah. All day long. So when you was like, oh man, I, I want to do this, I was like, that's him. That's exactly who he is. So, but but the reality is, and, and, and what I'm trying to always keep in mind is that being Black as Fuck is very, very much something that you be proud of. But it's also something that you need to be polishing, right? So, what what black as fuck thing are you super proud of right now that's going on in your world? And what is something that you wish we could just do better about? Uh, two things that I'm really proud of this week. Number one, all the entrepreneurs that I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that this pandemic has taught us, with so many people losing their jobs, that these got fit by ourselves. These jobs ain't ours, man. They, those are their jobs, but if they don't want you around, you won't have a job. So you better yeah, have something, man, that you can rely on, that you can do for self and still provide for your family. So I'm really proud to see all these entrepreneurs on social media trying to take advantage of Black Friday. Please support them all. Um, I have yes. as well, DJ's Daiquiri's, my wife and I, we sell premium drink mixes. You can go get the deals right there. They're excellent, by the way. I've had a couple bottles of them. They are excellent. Appreciate you, man. I appreciate you. Milk Money brand. Uh, there's so many different brands, man. I'm, I'm not going to stop right there because I'm sure I'll omit people, but go to yes. social media, man, and, and just seeing everybody just really trying to not just create a side hustle. They are creating businesses. Businesses, yes. So business, yes. really, so I, I, Amazon got their money. All day long. And go and keep getting it. Best Buy got their money. Walmart got their money. All them people that you're going to try to go and, and patronize, they got their money. You need to be trying to give your money to people that look like us and keep it black as fuck. So that's one. Absolutely. Two, I'm gonna go back to the gangster music. Jeezy and Gucci. Now I said that the influence of gangster rap is bad, but I'm a Jeezy fan, right? Yes. I, I am too. Listen, I used to listen to all that stuff with my son, and I kind of regret it now, but I'd always say, like, you know this ain't real, right? You know, yeah. like this is fake. This is just entertainment. Yeah. But I watched the verses just like everybody else, and I was Nervous, like I was back in the day, the whole time, them hood clubs, because I, because you, because we grew up, you know, our kids are suburb, but like we grew up where we like, hey, 
Like, exactly. Well, these cats is talking to each other, and where they cruise is looking at each other. This ain't. This could get bad real quick. I was definitely like, if they if somebody gets shot on live, this is going to be bad for the oh, community. I, I, as well. I, I was like, man, I could see it happen. I could see them starting to brawl yeah. on live, but to see them say, hey, man, it's all love, it's respect. We're gonna let, we're gonna put out the olive branch and accept it. We got to do that, man, because it bothers me, man, that we got so many brothers killing one another. Mm. You got somebody like Zimmerman walking around here untouched. 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 It bothers me. You know what I'm saying? And there's nothing that a black man can do outside of disrespecting, violating my wife and my kids that can get me to a level where, you know what, I want to throw hands, I want to do you harm. I'm going to try to exhaust every means to try to diffuse it and be like, hey, man, Mm -hmm. it ain't that deep, black man. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Now, let somebody else try that. It's going to be a problem. But with my brother, nah, it's not like that. So proud of them. And one thing that I'm I'm tired of and that's been bothering us is COVID, man. (laughs) Like, like, I'm tired. I know people are tired of it. my wife calls me the COVID police, man. But like, shit is real, dude. Like, I I contracted COVID, man. I was very <clears> sick, with it, very sick with it. My oldest brother, shout out to uh, David Junior, man. He's been in the hospital for over six weeks, man. Recovered, oh man, praying for y'all. And you know, when we talk about you know changing that lifestyle in our community, being diabetic, having those pre-existing conditions. Those are things that we're changing with our children, right? But mm-hmm. in the meantime, a lot of us are still dealing with it, man. And until we can get things back together, man, you know, we really got to be diligent about protecting ourselves from this virus, man, because it's real. I don't want to turn it into a black thing because then it goes into like, okay, you know, there's all different conspiracy theories and all that. But I just know that in terms of like people I know, it's real, man. And you know what? Yeah, and COVID is black as fuck for all the wrong reasons. For all the wrong reasons. All the wrong reasons, man. And I just, I know you're getting tired of it, man. I know people want to see it with family. I get it. I get it. But like, I think if you knew somebody that it touched and the the negative impact it had on them, I think people would take it a little bit more seriously. So that's what I'm tired of. I'm tired of COVID, man. I'm sick of COVID. Yeah. Marvin, this has been this has been exceptional, man. Uh, I couldn't think of anybody better to have this conversation with. I really appreciate you. Um, you are absolutely and always, from the time that I can remember, even back as far as college, have been black as fuck. So I'm glad to have this conversation with you. And I love you, brother. And I hope everything with your family is going to succeed. And and just keep doing the things you're doing, man. I'm watching you. I appreciate it, man. And look, let me let me tell people how to get the book. You can go. To yes, please www.activeblackdad.com. You can get the, the paperback book. People ask me to sign it, and I'm just, man, I got to work on my penmanship, man, because I'm a <laughs> caveman. But you want me to sign it, I'll sign it, activeblackdad.com. You can get the paperback version, or you can get the digital version. I also have T-shirts that say Active Black Dad. That's how we're What's gonna. We, that's how we're gonna dispel the myth. We're gonna let people know I'm active. Oh, they long. Black Dad. You know what I'm at. I'm, that's why I'm like, hey. That too. Hey, we're gonna let you know. Yeah, I need, I need, I need, this offends you in any way. That's your fault. I need you to get a big boy size so I can rock it. I got you, man. I, I got, got you. It's coming your way. I got the milk money hat. You know what I'm saying? I need, I need the black as fuck merch too. But that's all I rock, man. You see, I'm rocking my shirt, Diddy's daiquiris, uh, active black dad. Um, 
yeah, just, just we appreciate the support, man. We really do. We really do. The love that we've gotten from everybody. And we're just trying to make this grow because, you know, we got to lead by example. So I appreciate you having me on the podcast, man. It's been a wonderful conversation for real. All right, Marv. I'll be in touch. Let's not, let's not, um, let's make it sooner than later the next time we chat it up. Absolutely, man. I'll holler at you, brother. Out. Peace.